Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, time for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun, because you know what? It's never a dull moment in BC politics. Good morning, Vaughn. Morning, Simi. Maybe just an hour to cover everything that's happened since we talked yesterday. It really is something else. No I'm kidding. not complaining. It's a very interesting job. No kidding. So this latest, we'll start with this whole BC Green situation yeah. because the the choice, first of all, of of Sanjeev Gandhi as deputy Green leader was something that Sonia Firstnow um, personally chose. Like she wanted him, yeah. and now it turned out didn't even last a year. Yeah, so how much research did she do into this? Uh, this is really serious breaking news, Simi. I just checked Sonia Firstenau's Twitter feed, or X as we now call it. Uh, so about last evening, she posts that it's come to her attention that Dr. Gandhi made an inappropriate link to comparing Dr. Bonnie Henry to Joseph Mengele, I mean, really, the Nazi war crimes Honestly, doctor experimented on children and twins. Look, it's beyond the pale and that any intelligent person, medical doctor could make such a comparison or even link to such a comparison is beyond the pale. But, you know, you're right, Simi. Uh, Sonia first and I picked him. And she's very proud of him. In fact, if you go to her Twitter feed, and I just did, in the picture at the top is Sonia Firstino standing with uh, Dr. Rajiv Gandhi. So, you know, but you make her the guy. Point. How much research did she do? Because yeah. this wasn't a one-off, right? This wasn't one uh, time that know, he's been he's been reposting and kind of ha- and, and liking things yeah. that other people have been saying where you go, why, why would you do that? Um, well, again, you know, COVID controversy draws extreme comment in our society. And by coincidence yesterday, we had another vicious attack on Dr. Bonnie Henry, this time from the Conservatives. Uh, Conservative MLE, Lay Banman gets up in the House and demands that Health Minister Adrian Dix and the government fire Dr. Henry. Now, there's been lots of criticisms of Dr. Henry over the years. I've made some of them myself, but I don't think that you'd, I'd necessarily argue she should be fired. I think she had the best of intentions in what she was doing, Simi, but Bamman thinks she should be fired in part because of healthcare workers who were not allowed to work because they refused to get vaccinated. And Dr. Henry was eloquent on that subject. If you're uh, not, if you don't believe in vaccines and the efficacy of vaccines, you might want to think of getting a different career. And Adrian Dix yesterday in the House, people can go to the Hansard feed. You want to see Adrian Dix at his most eloquent and emotional. He just denounced this. He basically said you should be ashamed of yourself. You should recognize that 
the reason a person who refused to get vaccinated couldn't look after people in long-term care is because of the enormous threat to the lives of seniors if they got COVID. So, uh, you know, I, Simi, I actually think we did pretty well here in British Columbia because during the first two or three years of the pandemic, there wasn't there was a consensus among our major political parties that people should be get vaccinated, that seniors should be protected, that, you know, the, the consensus view put forward by Dr. Henry. Yes, again, I acknowledge there were some things that didn't work out. There were some things that we didn't realize at the beginning either, and it took us a while to learn them. So, um, you know, I, Andrew Wilkinson, the now forgotten leader of the BC Liberals, as they were known in those days, Simi, Remember very well in the first few weeks, he said, look, I'm a medical doctor and you're not going to see me out there challenging, you know, the mainstream view of the medical establishment on what needs to happen here. And I think because he did that and our politicians generally followed that, we were spared some of the extremely divisive debate that happened in other provinces and that frustrated their ability to get people vaccinated. Initially, Simi, we we had 95% vaccination here in this month. That's an amazing accomplishment, whatever else you think that Dr. Yeah. Henry got right and got wrong. I know. This one, I just can't even believe this. So I'm sure at some point we'll hear something today about this because you're right. There's a lot yeah. of questions here for Sonia first. No, but did you not vet this? Like it, this yeah. was the thing that did it for you, not all of the other attacks? Yeah. Yeah, you know, and Simi, you and I follow a lot of history and a lot of politics. We do. And one of the things, we think of the political uh, world as a spectrum, right? It goes from left to right. But one of the things about it that, you know, there is an alternative theory is, no, it's a circle. And the extreme left and extreme right meet in the middle, down there at the bottom, and that the mainstream is at the top. So, you know, maybe this isn't the day to debate that, but I do point out that yesterday Dr. Henry was attacked by the right, BC Conservatives, and we also had the deputy leader of the Greens lose yeah. his job uh, because of an attack that I guess you'd have to say came from the left. Oh, boy. Okay. And also, I want to talk a little bit more on that health front, too, about the illicit trade and safe supply drugs, because this has also been a hot topic. The story is getting messier here. Yeah. Well, what's hot about it is we've had a story for a few weeks now that the Drug User Liberation Front lost its government contract because the government said they were breaking the law. They were acquiring drugs on the black market and distributing them to people who got safe supply. And the government semi-framed that when they announced it as, we just found out about this and we've dealt with it right now. However, they've got a problem because yesterday... Uh, Northern Beat, Fran Yanner, a very accomplished journalist, uh, broke the story that, no, a legislature committee was told this was going on in some detail 18 months ago, and that legislature committee was chaired by Nikki Sharma, who is now our attorney general. Needless to say, I think this will be coming up in the House today. I think we'll be looking for answers on it. We don't have them yet, although the minister for mental health and addictions, Jennifer Whiteside, said she was disappointed at the use that was made of the testimony before that committee because it's it's all on transcripts, right? Yanner broke the story, but it's all on transcripts. The committee was told this 
Yes, there were some BC liberals, as they were then known, Simi, in the room, but Mm -hmm. look, the government was up to them to act. And the question that's got to go to the Attorney General is, what did you do when you were told about this illicit drug trade, Uh, especially now that you're Attorney General? We're back with Vaughn Palmer now talking about housing. It feels like there has been something housing related to talk about for the last couple of weeks and more legislation, Vaughn. Yeah, the government is very, very active on this front. Uh, Dozens and dozens of pages of legislation in the fall session dealing with housing. Another bill yesterday, this one, basically tells uh, municipalities uh, that they are no longer in charge of zoning around transit lines and bus, uh, big bus exchanges. So the deal is uh, you've got a transit line going through rapid transit where there's a station, You've got a big bus exchange, and I'm thinking of that one that's roughly the size of a small municipality out on uh, toward UBC. Um, You're going to have to zone around there. You're going to have to allow, never mind zoning, the province is going to do the zoning. You're going to have to allow multiple unit housing construction around those nexuses. Now, you know... That's a fair concern. We uh, go back to the previous BC Liberal government when they were under that name. And I remember Liberal ministers saying, you know, you've got a transit line uh, going by um, a whole transit station. And you look down from the transit station and there's like a single family home there with a backyard and a garden. And the Liberals saying, we got to change that. They didn't change it. They talked about it. Well, the New Democrats have changed it. Transit stations are going to be, um, you know, Metro Town may be the model for the future. Uh, or South, uh, the South Marine, Southwest Marine Drive uh, on the Canada line. That's going to happen. It's in the legislation. Again, we can debate the implications of it and what councils are going to do about it and how much some residents are going to be shocked by this. But we are in a brave new world of housing under the New Democrats. And basically, the province is taking control of zoning, and they're doing it to ensure that uh, more and more multiple uh, unit construction, and now around transit lines, single-family neighborhoods, all of that is changing. And as I said, it is going to be a revolution in housing in British Columbia. Government has the power to pass all this legislation, and we can talk, as we have, Simi, about all the details still to come, but the basic outline is there and it is big and it is dramatic. But isn't that for then the individual municipality to decide if they want to tax, if they want to set it up so that you're taxed basically on what the property is right now, they can do that, can't this they? Is, Simi, this is, uh, this is the big unexplored aspect of all this and I'm indebted to the mayor of Burnaby, Mike Hurley, is very critical of what the government is doing on this is he asked the question the other day, what happens to highest and best use? So I had to haul out the assessment authority's definition of highest and best use. But basically, the assessment authority values a property on the basis of the highest and best use of the property. And they determine that in part by the zoning. And when the zoning changes so that suddenly your single family neighborhood is zoned for six unit multiplexes, the question that the mayor of Burnaby is asking is what happens to your assessment and then to your property taxes? We don't have answers on this. The government hasn't addressed this yet, but it's a big question out there. And I think the government is going to have to explain itself because 
Think about it. You know, we're, we're hearing, Simi, from people say, I, I'm going to go on living in my single family home. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to change sure. and I don't want to move and all that. And they don't okay. have to. But what if your tax bill is suddenly calculated on what your property would be worth if you put six units on it? In other words, you don't have to tear your house down and build six units to get taxed. You're going to be taxed on the highest and best use. And thanks to the provincial government, your property's highest and best use now may be a triplex or a row of townhouses or, you know, six-unit multiplex because you're near a transit line. Like Which, some, I, I'm, this is incredible. I'm just raising this. Right. Some cities do that. Like I know Burnaby, you asked the question. I know Vancouver does that for business properties, right? For commercial properties, you're taxed on best and highest use, and essentially how many levels that you can build. You're you're taxed on all of that. But it would seem to me that if if they're going to start doing that for residential customers, well, that's that that's going to change the next municipal election. That's for sure. It is, but it's not necessarily the fault of the municipal government, and I think that's why Mayor Hurley is raising this. He's saying. He says the government hasn't thought this through at all, and he points to all the holes. And I would and I would note too that Mayor Hurley is, I'd say, an NDP leaning mayor in an NDP leading town. So he's not some, you know, right wing attack on this on property rights. He's saying let's talk about the implications. And you're right, Simi, they do it for industrial property now, but. If the assessment authority is given a free hand to apply highest and best use assessments and the zoning has changed for the neighborhood so that the property could be turned into a six-unit multiplex, what's to stop the assessment authority, which is just doing its job from suddenly assessing what your single-family home would be worth if you tore it down and built six units, whether or not you do that? You know, and Burnaby is an interesting case, right? Because I think other municipalities would say, well, yeah, this is all fine and good for Burnaby to raise these concerns, but they have two transit lines. Like they have things that other communities don't have and have been able to benefit from that for decades now where other communities are still waiting for any kind of transit. Uh, That's true. But the other thing I think to be said is that the mayors who are speaking out on this, and it's still a relatively small group, you know, there's lots of mayors have lined up behind the provincial government on this because they want the infrastructure money or they can read the opinion polls and they know the New Democrats are going to be around probably to enforce these rules for the next four or five years. But, you know, I would commend someone like the mayor of Burnaby who isn't afraid to be at odds with the government on this because he's raising issues that all of us should be thinking about. And I think one of the issues he's raised here, Simi, is for the government to explain um, when they impose this new zoning on all of the municipalities in BC, all 85 municipalities that are covered, are they going to put in any changes on property taxation and assessment to ensure that the suddenly all these people in signal family homes who don't want to sell and don't want to move aren't being taxed as if they had torn their house down and built six units on the property. Oh boy. Okay. More for us to talk about. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Cindy.